Hello and welcome to the Surface Tension Podcast. My name is Alex. My co-host over here is Craig. We are going to be exploring deep questions and looking for deep answers to spiritual questions and questions about life in general. We're happy to have you here. And here we go. Hi, thanks for joining our podcast. Alex, I had the funniest thought. Okay, so if someone doesn't think they're going to live very long and they want to kind of have this um, spontaneous, you know, I, I could, you know, die tomorrow or I could die today. What reference do they usually use? There's a couple of references, a couple of go-tos that people usually say, you know, this could happen today and, you know, bring a swift end to my life. What have you heard? Probably struck by lightning. I've struck by... Yeah, the impending doom worldview of like, hey, anything could happen to me. I could gracelessly expire later (laughs) today, struck by lightning, hit by a car. Yes, Yes, or hit by a bus. The one my my go to, my personal go to for years has been, I could get struck by a bus today. I could, I, and I just paused for a second and thought, I don't know if I've ever known anyone that's really expired in that way. I don't think I've ever known anyone who died because lightning struck them or a bus hit them. And so that's kind of a, a funny way to just kind of throw out there, you know, something silly could happen today, right? And I could die. But along with me would also die my hopes and my dreams. And I, I got me on this thought track of dreams, right? If I were to die today, gosh, there would be things undone, things that I hope to do, things I wish to do, things I was putting off doing. This is a very personal episode, dreams, both the kind you have when you're sleeping and then your aspirations in life, there are a few things more personal than sharing your dreams with with people. So Very you're true. setting the stage for an interesting episode. Good yes, job already. and it's already. one that has really been impactful for me because I have had a love-hate relationship with the pursuit of dreams in my life. And we're talking about not the night dreams, but the dreams of having a vision for your life of what you think things can be, should be, and and pursuing those. Um, I actually had a keychain for a long time, and it says said it was a pewter keychain that said, dreams come true. Dreams come true. That's encouraging. And I had it for maybe a year, maybe a year and a half on my car key. And I remember one day just taking it and throwing it. I don't know if it went into the bushes or in the street or in a gutter, but it was in this fit of frustration because I was saying, no, they don't. And it was really interesting because it took maybe a couple of days for my wife to say, hey, where'd your keychain go? And she just looked at me and she could tell by the look on my face that something had changed inside of me. And she said, give up on your dreams, eh? And I'm like, ouch. Now, I love my wife. She's awesome, but she's also the bringer of great truth to me. And yes, I I had. I had given up on my dreams. I pursued them, prayed for them, worked towards them um, with passion, with energy, with structure, with vision. And they had not come to fruition. And so I was quite despondent. Alex, what's the cost of pursuing a dream? Can be a lot. Yeah. Can be relationships. It can be financial. I mean, I think about this semi often that in the world of podcasting, I don't know, my skills 
it would make me quite a bit more money to go sell medical devices uh, in Irvine or pharmaceutical drugs. I think I have strong sales skills that would be far more lucrative, but I would find that far less meaningful. So the price of my dreams is there's an opportunity cost, but there's also a sole benefit to it, if I could call it such a thing. To, per, to pursuing it. Yeah. So it's not as though it's pursuing one's dreams is all cost. There's also uh, life breathed into you by pursuing something that maybe somebody's never done before, or maybe that just speaks to your soul and a larger meaning. I think I put a very high premium on my personal values of uh, God, truth, community, friendship, loyalty, honor, duty, things that aren't necessarily shared values of our current culture right now. And I think people have scratched their heads trying to size me up before and said, why isn't this guy working in a corporate job and just killing it? Why isn't he doing this? So, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing, and that's been that's come at a, a cost to me. And sometimes speaking truth, living in truth, that can torpedo relationships because it seems as though this world of ours is pretty comfy and living in a lot of not just lies, but truth inversions. And to participate in the world that's around us, I feel like you have to take some soul hits, which as a dude, I could tell you would feel very emasculating to step into certain, if my dream were to make money, I would have to go and work in an environment that I think was injurious to my soul. And so I've kind of come to the conclusion that uh, my soul needs supersede that of the a lot of functional needs of the mm -hmm. world. So yeah. I, I don't know if I'm going in the direction you wanted me to with yeah, this response, but I'm just kind of given a full disclosure of the sacrificial nature of dreams and calibrating oneself towards dreams or towards, yeah. uh, let's just say, utility. Sure. All right. Let's do a little speed round. Okay. You ready? <laughs> Great. <laughs> Short, short question, short answer. Um, most people, general population, most people, what do you think most people dream for? Or if you were, if we were to do a family feud, number one answer says to most people dream, this is the most often dream people have in the entire world. What would it be? Material or non-material? Family Feud has no questions. You cannot ask Steve Harvey <laughs> or Richard Dawson for those old school people any any clarification question. Dreams. What what are the dreams for the people? What are they what are they spending their 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 daydreaming time about their pursuing their money, their everything? What what, what are the dreams? What's your uh, this is a speed round, remember. So first thing that comes to mind. Listen, man, I don't think about this nearly often enough to just be able to shoot from the hip. Most I, people. I have to admit, what do most people want? They probably just want comfort, a general level of sure. comfort and to be left alone. Sure. Comfort, money, things, right? Yeah. Shift question. Um, we go into a Christian category. Uh, what do you think 
the most often dream that is held by people who are Christians, who consider themselves uh, connected to God. Spend eternity with the Father. Hopefully that's it, but I don't know if it is. Yeah. No, it's very good. What can we learn about our dreams if we really stopped and paused? And sometimes people hear a question, and it's a good question, and they don't think long enough about it. They don't drill deeply enough down to get to the heart. But if people really dug down deep and drilled down into the heart of what is my dream and why do I have this dream, what do you think they would discover about themselves? What would they find out about themselves if they just started with the dream? Hey, you know what? I would love to do this. I was. I They'd would... find their wounded inner child, mm-hmm. Craig. Like I can say that I can shoot from the hip and know that that our dreams, in a lot of ways, are probably proportional to our wounds and are related to them. If you didn't feel significant as a child, if you didn't feel loved, affirmed, celebrated, you're probably going to pursue significance on the worldly stage. If you were impoverished as a child, you might pursue great wealth. If you felt, um, I don't know, just untouched, unloved, you might lean into uh, promiscuity, uh, relationships that are a little bit more surface level. I think you can really backtrace these things to early childhood. And yeah, it's just fascinating because probably a lot of our dreams are reactions to experiences that we had relationally in a pre-verbal state. We started learning who we were in the world, how much we mattered before we could even talk and before we could even really form coherent memories and look back and say, oh yeah, I was six months old when I realized that X, Y, and Z because that doesn't happen, right? Yeah. There's a a great passage in the Bible where two of the disciples who were very close to Jesus said, hey, we want to, you know, we want to be on your right and on your left. They had a dream. Actually, I think in one instance they shared it, in another instance their mother actually came up and shared it. Um, What I heard from you is that these dreams reveal essentially places in our soul that need to be healed. So what would happen if we actually started trying to change the dreams we have, not to what we are doing or having, but to who we are being? What would happen if someone started dreaming about not what they would accomplish with their life, but who they would be, the tone and the texture of their life, their relationships, how they interacted with the world around them? Is that even possible? Is it even possible to have a dream about who you're going to be when we grow up? Well, dreams are also so forward-facing that uh, if your focus were entirely on your dream for either yourself in the future or the things that you would want in the future, it almost makes us skip out on what's going on right here, right now. But that's not the question you're asking. I remember seeing a video of a kid and he was asked, uh, what do you want to do when you grow up? And he said, help people. And the interviewer was just stunned Mm. because they were looking for astronaut, doctor, pro athlete. They were looking for 
some kind of answer like that. Yes. They weren't looking for the answer of, I want to be the kind of person that helps other people. That's a great aspirational dream. Yes. Yeah, that is beautiful. But yeah. it's it's a little abstract, too. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like a coherent roadmap with, you know, it's not, you can't climb a corporate ladder of, and get promoted to levels of good personhood. Yes. Very good. All right. Speed round continues. You ready? Man, I'm really getting put in the hot seat for this one, Morris. What's what's the difference between the dreams we have for ourselves and the dreams God has for us? We all have dreams for ourselves. Like you said very wisely, sometimes our dreams are for self-fulfillment. They're to be recognized by other people. It's um, Even as I was planning and preparing for this, I went back and found an old document. I found a journal entry from 2009 to say, that said, my dream is to, to write some books and to do some things that will impact some people, to help them find a different operating system with, with God. And, and it, it was so interesting. I had to stop and actually, God, thank you. Thank you for giving me that that dream, and thank you for helping that dream come to fruition. But I think the 2009 version of me wasn't pursuing that dream for the right reason. Oh, sure, I wanted to make some kind of an impact on the world. Yes, that's what I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to do. But what do I really want in my heart? 2009-year-old version of me, that... that um, that version of me just wanted to be acknowledged, respected, seen, heard, mm-hmm. valued, loved. And that's what I wanted more than anything else. And then I was seeing that dream as the vehicle for those things that my heart and my soul really longed for. And it takes a lot of awareness to analyze all that, <laughs> but I'm tracking with you. Somehow along the way, um, I realized that God was the fulfillment of those things. And uh, that was beautiful. But that's why I think it's important for us to pause and say, what do most people pursue in terms of their dreams that they're pursuing maybe with some mixed motives? Um, maybe partially to honor and glorify God, but maybe partially to have their own, their own self-inflated. That's probably very common. And I think we are pretty generous with ourselves sometimes in saying that our mission is God's mission. Yes. I think that's, but we want to feel that way too. Yeah. We want to feel aligned with the will of the father. Why would we not? Right. Yeah. But we are also, uh, we are human and capable of self-deception. You might not even know that you're doing it right. Mm -hmm. You may have, been writing that down and thought like, oh, this is such a beautiful God thought, but only in the rear view mirror do you realize like, oh, wait a second, there was a whole lot of Craig in that. Mm-hmm. I think it's, oh, it, this is a challenging subject. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we want to feel in alignment, but I think there's always going to be parts of us that sneak into 
just about everything that we do, whether we we want it to happen or not. And in my younger years, I would have said, okay, I need to give up on my dreams and just pursue God. (laughs) The younger me was very passionate about that. I want to have the purest motivation possible. And as I've grown older, I've realized that maybe that some of that passion was misguided not to give up on a dream that I had, that God had maybe given me to pursue, but to work on pursuing that dream with a re, ever refined motivation of why I'm doing it. Why am I doing that? What's, what's driving this? What am I really? And if I keep pursuing this in order to get my soul needs met, then maybe I do need to put it on pause a little bit until God meets those needs directly so that that dream can be fulfilled with a very different um, set of parameters. Well, I like the idea that you just brought up the the word refined constantly. I would say also recalibrated constantly that whatever we're doing, it's important to bring awareness into it. And when you get off course, when you get off God's mission for you, and it becomes more and more about you or me for that matter, it doesn't it's not just a light switch where all of a sudden it's all about you or all about God. It comes in subtly, right? So I think there is an examination that is an ongoing process to speak to the point that you made. I think you're dead on. And it's easier to look at this, I would say, from a pastoral uh, standpoint than maybe somebody who isn't in a leadership position. Um, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Explain I mean, that more. Yeah. Well, okay. So most people have jobs that are not in a church, right? Most people have things that they do that are not church centric. Do they give that a God coat of paint and say like, this is actually for God. And what, who am I to say it's not right? But it's very hard. I would have a harder time hearing somebody's mission and say, I'm an astrophysicist and I, I'm doing it all for the glory of the Father. That'd be a harder bridge for me to cross than somebody saying, hey, my dream is to become a pastor. I'd be yes. like, oh, that's a very God-centric uh, passion and pursuit, mm-hmm. whereas the astrophysics thing might not be as obvious to me. Yes. Very well said. And I, that could be the majority of our listening audience who are engaged in different um, realms of industry and work and trying to say, okay, God, what is your dream for me? Not just what I'm doing, but who I am in the midst of this. Yeah. And God works everywhere. So yeah. it's not as though God stops outside of the walls of right. your local church. Yeah. So, so if we were to try to create a list of the how to, how to find um, God's big size dream in your life, what questions would we need to ask? What would we? How would we try to equip people to say, maybe here's some tracks to try to help you find a God-sized dream in your life? That's a really good question, and I'm pausing because it's really good. And it's also useful for me, and so that's like, that's one that's hitting kind of personally rather than just an abstract question to play with. 
God's vision and finding a more accurate view of it for me. I don't know. How did you find your God vision? Did you feel like it was, it was unambiguously laid before you or did you feel like you had to search for it? Once again, this, these are great questions. Um, and I have to go back many years to the journey of trying to find, I, again, I do think it's so important for us to remember that those God-sized dreams might be what he wants us to do, but they have to include who he wants us to be. Yes. And in the earlier days, it was all about doing. It was my focus was entirely about finding the God-sized dream of what I'm going to be doing in the world. And that's what the pursuit of my heart was. And over the years, then God shows me it it has to be a combination of both. And it's very quite possible that the pendulum needs to swing to the other direction. And I understand that this God-sized dream for me has more more to do about the person that he wants me to be how he wants me to move through my days. I had lunch yesterday with a guy, um, a really, really great guy. Someone else joined us at the table, and he's kind of like, hey, mind if I sit down? And obviously, mixed emotions. Oh, uh, mm, sure, go ahead, please. You know, divine appointment. Okay, here it comes. This guy's in for a treat. Yeah. <laughs> and so he sits down, and we start talking. I start asking some questions. We had this wonderful conversation you know, we, we got to a little God stuff, but not to the heart of the gospel of what Jesus has done for us. But it was really cool. And then he got up and left. And we got back. I went back and we were we were talking about this guy. And he was sharing with me um, some frustration that he has about the things that he has tried to do with his life in order to make a difference for God. And he said, I've, I've done this and I built this website and I've done this. And these things just haven't seemed to come to fruition People didn't listen. They didn't come. They didn't entertain these things. And I I tried to come alongside that because I know what that feels like. I threw my keychain away for Pete's sake. Mm-hmm. I know what it feels like to have your dreams not come true. And after I came alongside that and said, gosh, I'm sorry. I know that that's sad and frustrating. I said, is, is it possible that the most spiritually significant thing we're going to do all day today just happened? with this stranger, just allowing him to sit, looking at him, listening to him, asking him questions, creating space for him to entertain the possibility of God's great love for him. What if that is more important than any podcast, website, sermon, seminar that we could ever give? Well, that interaction doesn't show up on anybody's dream list. A stranger approaches me. A stranger non-verbally recognizes that I am a spiritually uh, safe person just to spend time with. That does not show up on anybody's to-do list, I would think, unless you're really, really dialed in with the Father and say, send me people who need to hear about you. Yes. I want to be, my God vision is that uh, God blesses me with the tenderness and the love to receive people who need to hear about him 
more often and uh, accurately and gently, honestly. That's how I wouldn't write that down. But I'm speaking it now and it feels spiritually edifying. But it's it's challenging to, because dreams are so, so intertwined with doing. And I like that you're putting this, reframing this, dreams of being rather than doing, and then let the doing work backwards from the being. I think that's how we engineer, if it could be such a thing as engineering, just right-sizing it yes. and looking at order of operations. I think that's been a central focus for for us in the past months is order of operations. Let's let's not start our dreams with us. Let's start dreams with God and work yes. towards us yes. from his perspective yes. rather than from yes. our perspective building towards God and taking on a Babylonian style posture. Oh, I love that so so much. And you know I I think earlier in our earlier podcast we did um made reference to the giving tree, right? And can you just reset that for us? Because I want to use that as a framework for some learning for us. So can you reset the giving tree the for giving us? The giving tree, is yes. that, that's uh, Shel Silverstein? Yes, there you go. Children's book. Yeah. Tell, do you remember the storyline? Uh, Sort of. Like there's okay. a kid who plays under an apple tree as a kid and he loves the shade and he loves climbing the branches and then he gets a little bit older and then he decides... Like, hey, I need to build a house, uh, and yes. I need some wood. I think he starts with maybe I need some money, and I'm gonna sell. Okay, sell I'm my gonna apples. Sell some of the apples, right? Sell, sell yeah, apples. yeah, yeah. I'm skipping steps, but he he kind of chips away at the tree until yes. it's just a stump, and then he still gets to sit on the stump. Yes, when it's all over, and I don't think the book ends with him uprooting the stump. I think it. <laughs> I think it ends with him uh, sitting on the stump and being yes. like, "Oh my gosh, you're still yeah, you're still giving when you have nothing. Yes. This is insane." Yes, so. And I think we even spoke of this in an earlier podcast. Again, proof of of God changing and moving in our life and us encountering God in new ways. And I think we use that as an example of that's who God is. You know, <laughs> he gives us, but he's still with us and he's still for us, even after uh, whatever. I, what if the giving tree is wrong? What if the story is wrong? Hey, let me let me ask you two different questions and I want you to, to answer them, answer both or consider them both. Because in the in the giving tree, the tree essentially died, right? For the boy's dreams. Mm-hmm. Did God die? Jesus, Jesus is God, right? God died. Yeah. Did did God die for my dreams for me? Or did God die for his dreams for me? Say it again, because this is going to be a big one that people just need to sit with today. Did God God die for my dreams for me, or did God die for his dreams for me? That's obviously option number two, but it's such a great perspective reset. And we need these perspective resets all the time. It's fascinating how we can be pulled out of that perspective, just one degree, two degrees, three degrees off course, and all of a sudden we're putting God to the side. We're putting him in a different category. He's 
not the grand architect of all things reality down to us. But he's just, he's in a box. Oh, that's, that's so good. Such a, yeah, God did not die for me so I could pursue whatever I found most expedient on a daily basis. And, and my heart is rebuked because for some reason, I think my dreams for me are better than his dreams for me. And if we're doing the how-to list, that has to be one of the top questions. Whose dreams are better, my dreams for me or his dreams for me? Unfortunately, I've lived a lot of my life believing that my dreams for me are far better than his dreams for me. Uh, yeah, what's, what's the difference? What is a, I don't know, are, are my dreams for me, are they just wishes and whims? Do you have dreams that aren't really dreams that are just kind of like casual wants, wishes, and whims? I think so, yeah. I think I talked about that at Christmas, playing the trumpet, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but you ended up getting the trumpet. Good job on that. Um, I don't know. I, I see a God vision for my life as being more profound. It sounds, I don't know, is it trickier to come up with a God vision for for your life or is it trickier to come up with a you vision for your life? I don't know which, I guess you as the listener have to ask that for yourself today is, am I trying to outpace God with a vision for my life and forego his vision for my life? Let's not make the assumption that figuring out your God vision is always going to be entirely straightforward and easy to uncover. I think, but once we understand the who, we understand the how and the whys and the what's, right? I've said that on the podcast before, is we're getting ahead of ourselves. If we're, if we're jumping past the who of who God is and who Jesus is, and we're getting on to What's my God vision? How am I going to execute it? Why am I aligned on this? We're screwed. We need to work backwards and dwell in the who. Abide in him. And that almost, that's so antithetical to, I'm going to go discover my dreams. Like that statement. All of that is wrong, right? And just doomed to fail. Yeah. I am going to go discover my yes. dreams. Yes. Based on this conversation we're having right now, that statement sounds even more absurd than it probably would have before this conversation, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. What, and again, I love the way that your mind works and your heart works and that God speaks to you and through you. And what if God, if we started with him as the who, and he said, my dream for you is just for the two of us to be really, really close today. How does that hit you? Stronger than I thought it would.
yeah, tear ducts are starting to activate and I'm trying to, you know, put some sandbags there right now. If you really sit with that, that's a, that's a meaningful. Yeah. I, I want to eject from that right now because we're recording to be honest, but it's a very powerful thing that I, I'm going to have to sit with later today. Yeah, what if God's dream for me is just to be with him today? We don't have to overthink that one. How many dreams end up being hollow? <laughs> yeah, you know, keychains can be thrown before during or after the fulfillment of a dream. And boy, the closeness with God is a dream. His dream. That's his dream for us. And it's full. It's full. And it's not, yeah, it's, what I want. it's the exact opposite of, of a hollow dream. I want you to experience the fullness of my love, the love that you wanted when you were a kid, the love that you crave now, the connectivity that we can have will blow your mind. Jesus is life. I, I was astounded by this the other day. I'm embarrassed to share this because my wife was surprised that I was surprised. Jesus, you know, said to people, uh, come to me, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'm like, I, I, he, Jesus says, I will give you rest. He gives rest. When I think of rest, gosh, I need some rest. What do I need? I need a nap. I need a good long walk. I need a nice meal. I'm thinking of things that are going to happen that are going to bring rest to me. And Jesus says, I am the one who brings you rest. I am the one who brings you life. I am the one who brings you love. I am the one who brings you uh, the fulfillment of a dream that maybe you didn't even know you had. Closeness with me. I love that you can be surprised by Scripture. Yeah. That's happened to me. It's happening to me more frequently. But I remember calling you a couple months ago, and I was like, I've just blown away by... Today I was blown away by Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it felt like in a more, I don't know, palpable and salient way than I've experienced him in the past or certainly in recent memory. And I was just so renewed and refreshed by it and yeah. restored. And I was like, I was like, wait a second. Now my appreciation for God continues to grow as I walk with him. How awesome is this? And I can go and look at scripture that I had maybe appreciated at one point, And then all of a sudden it just hits me like a ton of spiritual bricks, but in a positive way. And I'm just like, whoa, this is nuts. Truth is Yes. It's gaining more weight. This yes. is this is awesome. This is amazing. So good. And I love that that you're still having those moments uh at this stage in your walk too. That's so awesome. Constantly and I'm so blessed that he does. He brings that um, as a gift from the Holy Spirit. Say, "Hey, let me help you see something maybe you haven't noticed before." Ask yourself a question and sit long long enough with it that makes you go, "Ah, oh. Here's a question. Here's a question. To more accurately see and experience God's dreams for us, what stance do we need to take for our towards our dreams for ourselves? 
how do we view our dreams for ourselves? Do we just throw those out? Does that become a total go for broke moment and you say, all right, give me the sackcloth and now I'm just going to walk all day? What does that look like in practice? Because I want people to leave this episode and saying, okay, I have a good sense of what this looks like today. God's dream for me is just to be with me today. And I need to hammer that home. But what do I do with these dreams that might be, you know, uh, that I've created myself and I'm trying to fill a need or fill a spiritual or emotional wound? Yeah. What do I do with these things that might be some of the biggest pieces of my life? It might be my job. It might be certain hobbies. It might be relationships that I'm using not to be with the people, but to get something from them, to get affirmation or to feel connected. How do we, how do we approach knowing what we know about God's dreams for us? How should we approach these dreams that we may have had for ourselves? And can we, some, some of God's dreams for us, for you writing books, writing a podcast. You've reached a lot of people uh, through the things that you're doing. So how do we make sure that our dreams have our hearts oriented towards God and not towards filling that wound or healing that wound? Because God needs to heal that wound, and we can heal that through relationship, but we can't heal that through pursuing dreams with worldly foundations, right? Yes. yes. I'll try to answer it, but I have to do a quick qualifier because you said I've written a lot of books and I've <laughs> God through me has helped me write some books and God through me has helped me write do some podcasts and it's helping me accomplish a degree um, in higher education those things don't come from me I can't get the credit he's the one who's given me the the vision the strength the perseverance in the and the completion. So he gets credit for soup to nuts, the entire thing. And so, but the question that I heard you asking is, what do we do with those dreams now? If we do feel like we are nudged or called towards certain things that we think may be of God, what do we do with that? Knowing that his biggest dream for us is just to know us and to be with us today. Yeah, that's tricky, and that was my question. You said it much more concisely than I did. Thank you. Well, no, you asked it very well. I think holding on to God tightly and holding on to the dream loosely, two gripped hands around the Father that won't let go, and an open hand with our dream where God can steer it where he may. I want to explore what that looks like. Maybe not on this podcast, yeah, but hopefully. Yeah. That's good stuff. And and if you're listening to this, know that this is a process. Yes. This isn't something that you finish this episode, you snap your fingers and say, everything is now in alignment. This is an ongoing process. Yes. And being gentle with ourselves in the way that God is gentle towards us is 
mission critical. Yes. Because it's easy, I I would think, to beat yourself up and be like, oh, no, I'm falling short of my God mission. I don't know what my dreams are enough. Easy to get into a self-flagellating and shame uh, space. Not helpful. Yeah. Not helpful. Be gentle with yourself with these things today. Yes. And also remember that 98% of God's will we already know for us, right? Be anxious about nothing. Be thankful about everything. Pray, Pray about everything. Rejoice always. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's that's what he wants. That's what he wants for us today. That's kind of how he wants us to move through our day. And if our dreams come true in the midst of pursuing God, then fantastic. But I would I would tell people to encourage them. And it's funny, I wrote down a question. This was back in 2009. I asked I wrote down the question. Why is it only the people that say dream big? Why are the only people that are saying dream big are the ones that their dreams have come true? <laughs> it's only the people of dreams that come true that have said, dream big, right? Dream big. Go for your goals. You never hear that from, from someone whose dreams haven't already come true. And I'm like, why is that? I don't know. It's maybe a question we don't even need to explore. But how cool would it be that we start encouraging people to dream of a big God who loves us? Boy, last podcast we talked about, right? He's bigger. He's bigger than we think. He's more loving. And he's could, closer. And he's closer than we could possibly imagine. I, I, I love it. What if we just move through today with that? And hey, we want to thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to thank the walk, um, the beach walk, Ladera walk, the walk that is out there helping people connect with the God-sized dream that he has for us. And that is for them to understand how much he loves them, how much he's done for them through Jesus. And the fact that he just wants to be close to them today. I love that. They're sponsored by Go Ministry International. Uh, we thank those people for partnering with us to allow this message to reach people across the country and around the world. And we are we are honored, we're privileged, we're blessed that you've been able to listen to us, that God uses us in a little way to help us nudge each other towards the God-sized dream that he has for us and just being close to us today. Thank you for listening to us. Alex, thank you. You're very fun to be with, and I love doing these podcasts with you. Feelings mutual. Have a great day.